This week we're uh, continuing our uh, look through the book of Acts. We're going through chapter 5. Um, this week Dan and I spent a lot of time uh, going through this, um, working, um, talking about it. We learned a lot of really exciting stuff and we're really uh, excited to be able to, to share some of that with you this morning. So before we get started, let's uh, join together in prayer. Father God, we uh, come to you um, anxious to open your word and to hear your truth. Uh, Father, we pray that uh, you would uh, work in our hearts this morning as we uh, hear from your word. Father, I pray that um, every one of us here would uh, be ready and willing to hear what you have for us this morning. God, I pray that you would uh, speak through me that this wouldn't be uh, my words but yours. And Father, I pray that you would uh, do what you will with this body, Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Acts chapter 5, we're talking about um, the heart of the matter. Um, we, we really had an opportunity to look at a, a lot of things that were happening um, with the early church, and chapter 5 really gets down to what's at the heart. What is it that really matters? Um, as we're looking at it, we want to look at the state of the church. Um, what was going on? There was something different that was going on. Um, we've talked, we've, we've seen a lot of this already through um, the example of, of what was happening. God was doing some amazing things with that body of believers, um, with all the believers who were gathered there. Um, think of uh, the story that we just heard that um, Joel talked about in chapter 4, the end of chapter 4, the story of Barnabas. Um, and it said Barnabas, uh, Joseph, who was called Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money to the disciples' feet. He was giving of what he had. Um, we read in chapter 2, we spent all that time going through um, as it talked about what was going on. As the church was gathered together, everyone was sharing what they had. Um, the body was meeting together, praying together. Uh, you see that again uh, in chapter 4, where again it goes through that everyone was giving so that nobody had need. They were depending on each other. Joel used the illustration that um, it's a, it truly is communism, um, in the sense that everyone uh, considered nothing that they had was their own, but it was um, for the good of God, it was for the body. Um, and the reason that communism has failed time and time again uh, as we've seen it throughout history, is because um, God wasn't there. Um, and everybody was, um, as soon as you take God out of the picture, it's just a whole bunch of sinful uh, humans trying to look out for uh, their, themselves, and it, and it failed. And yet we can see in um, Acts so far, we have seen it grow and flourish and see how God worked amazingly through the body. But again, with Barnabas, uh, he gave what he had. It's a perfect example. We, we talked about the ways that we can serve and the ways that uh, the church needs to be caring for one another. If you have the gift of teaching, to teach. If you have the gift um, of working and, and serving, do that. And here's somebody who had what he, he had wealth. He had possessions. He sold it and he gave it for the good of the body. Uh, and I'm sure that we, um, it, it doesn't say much more than that, but, but we know uh, from what we've seen of our God, um, that Barnabas was blessed because of it. And the body was blessed um, because the body was functioning the way God had intended it to. Same thing, the whole church was giving. We saw that 
uh, in the end of chapter 4 there where nobody had any need um, because everyone was providing for everyone. Everyone was sharing what they had with the others. Um, so there was something different. Um, the rest of uh, the world is seeing something that is happening that is, is countercultural. They're running against man's wisdom. Man's wisdom would say, Barnabas, you have lots of money, invest it, make more. Um, man's wisdom would say for everyone else in the church to look out for themselves. Who cares if that other person um, is needy? Take care of yourself. Make sure you're taken care of. That's man's wisdom, but God's wisdom um, is foolishness, um, it says in Corinthians. And so something's going on that's different. People are starting to notice something is different. Other things were going. Miracles were happening. Um, we've looked through, I mean, we've seen some already, but uh, in the chapter, um, people are being healed. Um, we can think in chapter 3, uh, the lame man in the temple, Peter and John, um, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Peter and John go up to him, he asks for uh, money, and instead uh, they heal him. And he begins praising God. Um, God is working in miraculous ways in this. Um, in chapter 5, it uh, talks that, that people were bringing out um, the sick and the demon possessed um, because people were getting healed. Um, God was working in powerful ways in that group. Um, also, in the, uh, the end of chapter 5 here, uh, the disciples are free from jail. They, they go into the temple and they start preaching. Uh, and the temple guard they, and the Sadducees get upset with them, put them in jail um, to... to have a trial the next morning. In the middle of the night, uh, the Lord sends an angel down, sets them all free from jail. And the next morning, uh, when the uh, Sanhedrin gets together, the Sadducees get together, they call for him. Um, they go around looking, and they, they can't find him. The jail's empty. And they're the disciples again, preaching in the temple. And people are amazed. God was doing amazing things, and people were uh, starting to notice. People were being saved. Uh, we've seen it time and time again as people, um, as Peter's preaching in the temple, the disciples are preaching in the temple, uh, people are coming to the Lord. Um, something is happening, something is going on, and people are seeing a difference, and people are being saved. Um, and said daily, people are being added to their number. Um, that, that day by day, um, people were realizing the truth of who God is and what he has done for them, what, uh, and what, who Jesus really was. But at the same time, people were scared to join. People were cautious. Uh, in Acts 5.13, it said, Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. Uh, people were amazed. They took notice there was something different, and yet uh, they were cautious to join. They were scared. And the reason being is because the early church was a group of radicals. Um, again, they were doing things uh, that looked so strange to people on the outside. Um, and people, there, there was power in what was going on. Um, the people were gathered together daily. Um, they were, were caring for each other, serving each other. Um, and God was working mightily in them. And people were scared. Um, they saw something different uh, that scared them a little bit. Um, and they were cautious to join because joining meant more 
joining meant more than just um, going on Sunday morning and sitting down and listening. Uh, joining and, and becoming a believer meant more than just saying that you're a Christian. It meant a total life change and something was different. So people were cautious of that. So as we think about our church uh, today, the great adventure, do we fit that profile? Are we, is something different going on here than in our culture? Uh, is something different going on here uh, than what people see? Is, is, are people looking at us and a little bit wary of coming to join us? Um, because something's different. Uh, we've spent a lot of time as, as we've gone through what our vision, what our mission, what our purpose is. Um, and we talked about um, evangelism. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. And we spent a lot of time talking about um, being uh, a church that uh, sees people saved, that, that God uses us in that. Um, and there's a lot of argument about seeker-friendly churches. Should we be a church um, that is so focused uh, on being a place where people can come in and feel comfortable and come to hear the truth? Um, and not that that is necessarily wrong, but it seems from the example we see in Acts that um, we shouldn't seek to be like the world so that they will like us. We shouldn't be, you know, we shouldn't be a church that's so much, um, whether in music, whether in style, like what the world feels comfortable with, so that they'll come and feel safe and hear the gospel. But we should be a church that is so different um, that we're what the world needs. Um, people should be able to look at the church and see not something that looks nice and safe, but something so, that's so radically different and yet at the same time has the very thing that they're seeking for, the thing that they're missing, um, which is our Savior. That's what sets us apart. That's what makes us different than anything else is because we have a Savior. And so there's something very different about what was going on in the church. And, and we've seen a little bit of that uh, just scattered throughout Acts 5. And we'll continue to see that um, throughout the rest of our study in Acts is that there's something radically different going on. That's what we're studying is because we want to find out what it is, what are we missing as a body? What do we need to be striving for? What does God have planned for this body of believers here? And so we're going to continue seeing that. Uh, but in Acts chapter 5, uh, with the story of Ananias and Sapphira, something went wrong. Um, we run into an issue, um, and everything up to this point seems uh, has been pretty exciting and, and pretty uh, safe. Um, yeah, the, you know Peter and the other disciples were put in jail and um, warned, beat a little bit. Um, but for the most part, it, it's been easy to swallow. But all of a sudden, we're stuck with something. Um, that, that isn't so nice. Um, so we're going to look through this story really quick. Uh, read through it. Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It says, But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? And keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? And after you sold it, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. 
Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great terror came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet, breathed her last, and the young man came in and found her dead and carried her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. Again, things seem to be going great in the church. Um, we, we've, we just hear all these wonderful stories of, of what God was doing and what uh, the body of believers were doing as they followed God wholeheartedly. And then all of a sudden we're hit with this story. Um, what went wrong? Um, Ananias and Sapphira, this, this story comes right after Barnabas. I'm sure they saw what Barnabas had done in selling his land and they saw how blessed he was and how... Um, greatly God used that in the church. And they saw something um, and probably wanted it. Um, they probably say, saw themselves, you know, we have land too. We could sell it. We can, we can give it. And, and, and God's going to be pleased with us. God's going to um, be happy with us, bless us. Um, and and the, the church is going to be happy with us. And, and, you know, all of a sudden it, it's a matter of, of pride and stature. Um, they, they wanted to act the part without total commitment. Uh, this is one of the things that Dan and I talked a lot about this week, um, is that they saw Ananias and Sapphira, an example of somebody who saw um, something amazing in the church and wanted it. Um, and that's true. I think all of us, to some extent, have seen something um, in the church. God has been doing something, using people, and and there's a desire in our in our hearts to do that. And to be uh, people who God uses. Um, I think we all have that desire to see, um, I, I don't know, there's something about the way God works that we, that we all want to be a part of. And there's something, um, at the same time, there's a, a matter of, of pride that we all deal with ourselves that wants, um, whether it's recognition or wants um, you know, to fit in or, or wants to be seen as somebody uh, that is, that is worthy of, of some sort of respect and honor. And at the same time, uh, they saw that, that what happened, what Barnabas did took total commitment. Um, here he is. He, he, he's pretty much set financially. He has, he has land. He's kind of got that. If, if something goes wrong with, you know, and he loses a lot of money, he still has that to fall back on. And, and it's almost, in a sense, his emergency fund, he sells it and gives it all to the church. Um, he's commit. He's trusting in God fully that, you know what? I trust that you're going to provide. Um, you've given me this. I'm giving it back to you. Um, and that's scary. Um, I, I know in my heart to to think, what will it take uh, to commit fully to God? Um, and that's scary to think of what it is that I would have to give up or what it is that I would have to do. Um, and, and I think Ananias' fire saw that, and that was a little scary. Um, they they didn't uh, want to commit fully. They wanted to um, they wanted they wanted the praise. They wanted the glory. They wanted the respect, but they didn't want to have to do all that it took. 
And, and there's an aspect of that. Um, they gave what they wanted. Um, in a sense, that, that was okay. Peter said that to him. It's like, um, it was yours um, to do with as you please. God gave it to you. Um, and, and so it wasn't necessarily a matter of how much he gave. But it was the fact that in his heart, um, he, made, he, he, he was trying to make it seem better than it was. Um, here he is. He, he has uh, the money. He wants to keep some of it. In a sense, God, I'm, I'm sure that if that's what God wanted, it would have been fine. Um, for us, I mean, we, we all have money. We all have our gifts. What we give, um, in a sense, it, it's all right to give what we can. Um, and yet to try to play it off, the sin was in, in giving and yet trying to play it off as if it was so much more. He was giving part and trying to play it off as the whole. He was trying uh, to share something and yet... Uh, take glory for total commitment. And this is something, as, as we studied this this week, this, this really hit home for us, uh, for Dan and I as we were talking about it. And I know I've struggled with it this week. Um, what do I do? Um, do I lie or fake it to fit in or live up to a reputation? I know, I, I know some of you have, have heard this before. I, I've shared it. Uh, but growing up... Um, as I was the fourth child of six, and I always was doing whatever I could to fit in and be recognized because it was easy to get lost um, in a bunch of you know large kids. Um, it was easy to be looked over. And so I did what I could. I found out something I was good at, and I went at it you know, 100% trying to do it. Uh, one of the areas that um, I found success was in Awanas. Um, our family was in Awanas, and I found that for me to memorize stuff, was no problem at all. And so I always worked so hard um, to memorize my verses. And I, every year, finished my book with a couple months to spare and then would do all the extra memorization verses. My Awana's vests were always just filled with every imaginable award and ribbon. Um, and I went at it 100%, and I did it. Um, and yet my motive was not, uh, the motive was not to hide God's word in my heart. It was not uh, to know my Savior more. Um, but it was for the recognition I got at the end of the year going up and getting all my awards and standing up there in front of everybody and having everybody see me. Um, my, you know, I didn't study when, when they had the, the Bible Bowl with Juana. I didn't study so hard to hide God's word in my heart and to understand it um, so that I would know him more and I would be able to, to hide his word in my heart and be able to give an answer uh, and be able to share that. But it was so that I was able to win and get the huge trophy and put it on my shelf and have something better than all my brothers and sisters and anybody else. And that was my motive. And God has used that because it, it definitely is uh, now that, that I've, I've understood the truth, um, I, I'm thankful that I've memorized a lot of those verses. And yet at the time, my motive was wrong. Um, God was not honored in me. Uh, as I got all those awards, and I did that um, because it, I was doing it for my own glory, and I was doing it for my own self. And and that, I wish I could say that that's when it ended, and after I got Awanas, everything was good. But I still do it to this day. How many times uh, do the, do I do things for myself? Um, you know, how many times do I volunteer uh, to clean up after church because then people will see how hard I work? Um, how many times do I 
um, pray Sunday mornings just so that I'm filling my quota. You know, and people notice that I'm praying Sunday mornings. How many times do I share Wednesday nights um, because I'm expected to? Um, and it, it really, it, it's hard. Because how many times do we, there, there's the expectation of what um, we are to be. I know um, I've struggled with, I, I know, I, I can only imagine being a, a Bible student, um, what kind of, you know, pressures that would be. I know if I, I'm, I'm in a sense thankful I didn't go to Emmaus, um, because I think my heart would struggle so much with the expectation or the reputation that I would have to live up to in a sense, and do it for the wrong motives. Um, and so it, it's a challenge. Everything that we do, um, what are my motives? What is my uh, heart? Um, Ananias and Sapphira were frauds. Um, they wanted, they saw, again, the world was starting to notice something was different um, in the church. Something was different with that body of believers. And there, there's that sense that they respected what was going on, but they were, they were cautious of it. And here's Ananias and Sapphira wanting to cash in on what's happening. They figure, if we give this money, we say we gave it all, we're at the, we're at the peak. People are starting to recognize us and say, look what they did. How amazing is that? Um, they start to get all that respect. Um, and yet the same thing, they're coming from their own heart. They, their, their heart's not right. Um, we see the same thing with um, the rich young ruler, the story of the rich young ruler. Here's someone who wanted, wanted what was right, um, and yet wasn't able to commit. Um, in his heart, he had too much to lose, and he couldn't do it. Um, and so, um, I guess at least good for the rich young rulers is he had acknowledged that and, and walked away. And yet Ananias and Sapphira try to play it off. They try to cover it up, and they try to hide it and try to get the glory and respect that, that is, is only due for our Lord. So the question that we, that we were struggling with as we talked about is why was God so harsh? I just shared with you how many times, I mean, and that, that's just a few of them, of the times that I have done this very thing. Um, and I'm sure you, call, you can all think of times when you have done stuff out of the wrong motives or lied just to, uh, to live up to some reputation or some expectation. Um, and yet God has never struck us dead yet, thankfully. But why? Um, and, and as Dan and I were looking at this, there are really two uh, points, two reasons popped out. Uh, one was to set an example. Um, and we can think God, God has done this a uh, number of times throughout Scripture. Um, think of Achan. Um, and in the story of, of Jericho, the Israelites uh, conquered Jericho. Um, he, he sinned, and he took some of the stuff for himself and when God said not to. And as punishment for it, uh, God allowed the Israelites to be defeated at Ai. And then Achan and his whole family and everything they have um, are destroyed. And it's like, you could probably think that Achan's nephew, as he's you know, being destroyed along with the rest of Achan's possessions, going, how is this fair? You know, there, there's a sense that God is very harsh in that. Um, another example is Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, God sets examples for us, and, and he does it drastically. Um, that God, 
sees it, and righteously at the same time, because there's um, God, as as we've all learned time and time again, God cannot stand sin, um, and the, the payment of sin is death, and so in in all of this, God was righteous in doing it, and yet um, for us it kind of seems harsh, um, especially as uh, we live in a culture that emphasizes so much our loving God and how God is loving you. At the same time, we're, we're talking about a God um, who is who is mighty and who uh, is very jealous of his glory. Um, and so we see that, that with Ananias and Sapphira, that God set an example uh, for us. Here's what um, they did, and, and here's... I think it's one of those sins that is really easy for us to pass off as not such a big deal. Because who, who's really hurt by it? Who was hurt by the fact that I memorized a lot of verses and got a lot of awards for it? Nobody was hurt. Nobody else suffered because of it. Uh, the only thing that was, was done is that I was robbing God of his glory. And I was taking the recognition that was his and not giving it back. And so it's something, I think, in our hearts that it's easy to look over, and God um, hates that sin, and so he set an example for us. Uh, the other thing is he was protecting his church. Um, again, we're looking at uh, the, the church here that is, hasn't been around for very long, and God is starting to do amazing things. Um, people are coming to him. The commitment from uh, his people was total. Um, and hypocrisy had the, would have had the ability to break that all down, to destroy what was going on. Um, if Ananias and Fire had been able to get away with it, if God had let them, uh, in a sense, let them go, how much more, um, how much more would have that spread, hypocrisy in the church, and how would that have destroyed and derailed what he had going on? I, we can look, I mean, if you, if you study um, church history, how many times has hypocrisy in the church destroyed and gotten in the way of what God's doing? Um, I, I think we can all, even in, in minor examples, we can think of how um, God's people have gotten in the way of what God wants to do in a church because they start to, um, whether it's puff themselves up with pride and how, look how great of a church we are. We're better than everybody else. Um, and that pride starts to seep in. Or, or how many times have we not committed fully to what God is, is trying to do and get in the way? Um, hypocrisy is, is a huge deal when we lie. And that, that's been the hard thing is I'm looking, uh, as we say this week, how many times I look at my own heart and see um, how does this affect me and how does this affect the great adventure because of my heart. So that's a, a huge thing that we need to continue to look at. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. We'll get a chance to, to talk about how that affects us. Um, and then as we, we get to the end of the um, chapter 5, again, I mentioned earlier with uh, the disciples, is they're uh, preaching in the temple. Again, they're um, arrested um, and put in jail. And then the next morning, uh, again, as the angel of the Lord had freed them from jail, they show back up in the temple preaching the next morning as uh, the Sadducees and, all, and the high priests all get together. Um, they go looking for him. They find him. They bring him in. And 
they're asking him, you know, commanding him not uh, to preach. They're commanding him not to do this anymore. And, um, Peter uh, stated it clear and simple. Um, that he said, we must obey God rather than men. When they commanded him not to preach anymore, he said, basically they're saying, no, um, we have to obey God rather than men. That needs to be um, our answer as well. Um, we can't worry about what the world says. We can't worry about um, man's wisdom. We have to be about the things of God. We have to uh, share the truth that we know. We have to be obedient to our God. Um, that is what we're called to be. Um, and as they're, they're trying to figure out what to do with the disciples and what to do with them, um, Gamaliel steps up. Uh, they, they send the disciples out, and he's, he talks with the rest of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the, all the priests who are gathered there. Um, and, and he gives some advice. Uh, and what he says, is, he's talking about, he, he reminds them from their own history um, of some people who st- stood up and started rebellions. Um, there was um, uh, Thaddeus was, uh, rose up claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain. All who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. Then Judas of Galilee rose up, uh, drew away many people after him. He also perished, and those who obeyed him were dispersed. Um, and then he says, uh, regarding uh, the disciples, the, the Sadducees, in verse 38 and 39, he said, Keep away from these men and let them be alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. Just like those two examples that he had just given. Um, these guys rose up um, trying to get power. As soon as they died, everything collapsed. So he's saying if, if these disciples, if this church, um, what's going on here is according to man's wisdom or man's plan, um, it'll fizzle out and it'll fail. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it. Lest you even be found to fight against God. And that's what it comes down to. The, the work of the church is God's. And he warned, just like he warned the Sadducees, do not get in the way. Um, if, this is, if, if what's going on is according to man's wisdom, it's some guy's plan uh, and to get power and glory and, and, and everything, then it's going to fail. But if it's God, you can't stop it. And so um, I think that's also a warning for us. Um, as we look at that, um, if what God is doing at the great adventure is not of God, if what's happening here is not of God, it's going to fail. Um, if the, the, the things that we do, whether it's um, we plan a huge retreat um, and it's not according to what God wants, it's not going to happen. If what God's doing here is, is a body, if this is, um, if this whole church, um, as we are meeting now, is just a huge brainchild of Keith Leverance, um, it's not going to last. But at the same time, if what is happening here is of God, then get out of the way. Let God do His work. Um, we need to, uh, as as we can learn from Ananias and Sapphira, we need to either get on board fully. Um, or get out of the way. And it's a hard thing to say. And, and in no means are, 
am I saying that uh, that that necessarily if, if you're uh, I don't know how to say this. Um, basically, if God is is at work here, um, then we can't stop it, and we shouldn't try, um, lest we be found to fight against God. Our, our heart, um, what we're about, um, really should be God's work. Uh, again, the whole the whole point that we, we're talking about in this chapter is that it really comes down to the heart of the matter. Um, each and every one of us needs to look at our heart um, every day as far as ministry is concerned, as far as our lives um, are concerned. Because if we are um, truly being the people of God, if we're the children of God, we are the body of Christ, um, everything that we need to be, do is for His glory. Um, as For those of you who are students, um, every day you are at class, you need to be doing everything that you do for His glory. If you're seeking anything for yourself um, and you're not giving that glory to God, um, it's wrong. For those of us who work, um, if we're working for our own recognition or anything that's robbed God of His glory, we're, we're wrong. Um, if you're raising your children for your own glory um, and you're not giving that to God, then, then we're at fault. Um, everything that we do needs to be for God's glory. So there's that aspect that we need uh, to constantly be denying ourselves because our own selfish pride wants to get in the way and take glory and take pride in what we do and, and, and take the glory that's due to our Lord. Um, our, our selfishness creeps in and we want to do things so that we um, either have it easy or we have um, recognition or we get more. Um, and we need to check that. And it really, um, it's hard because as, um, even this week as we've been saying, I have struggled with this so much this week already. Um, and so I come sharing this with you at the same time, acknowledging the fact that I fail um, a lot. Uh, I allow myself to get in the way, and, and I am a selfish, sinful uh, man. And yet God, for some reason, chooses to use me in the same way that he chooses to use all of us. And so, as we continue, I, I, I think we, we've been getting excited about what we've been seeing in Acts. We've been learning stuff. We're excited about what's going on. We see the potential for what God can do in this church. Um, and so I think this comes at a good time as we're getting excited. We see the, the possibilities arising with the new building. We see um, God growing us in number. We can get excited about that. And yet, here's the check. Um, all of this has to be done for God's glory or it's for loss. Um, and so each of us need to check ourselves um, and, and check everything that we do. Are we doing it for God's glory or is there some part of ourself that's getting in the way? And we, we've got a, an opportunity to continue to, to discuss this. Um, Dan's going to come over. We're going to talk about it. Uh, a little bit. We're going to get uh, a chance to, to get into groups and discuss this a little bit. And um, hopefully, but even before we go home and, and uh, get distracted by everything else, that we can just take a moment uh, to really let this sink in. What, um, what needs to change, um, if anything? 
what what does God even this week or even today what does God want me to to do and to change so um, I'll let Dan take over and get a chance to discuss it from there.